The views and opinions expressed by the Loft Party Podcast panel participants and guests do not necessarily reflect those of the Good Times of Good People Company, the host, or its sponsors. It's not getting it, getting it. Welcome everybody out there in podcast land. The Good Times of Good People Company proudly presents the Loft Party Podcast, where it is always about good times, good people, and good talk. Now that you've received your invitation, the best way to let us know that you're in attendance is to download the party or become official by joining us on Facebook, subscribing on YouTube, iTunes Podcasts, or Google Play Podcasts. Good. Thanks for joining us. Grab a cocktail, light a cigar, or whatever you like to smoke, share us with your friends, and make yourself at home. I'm your host and moderator, Rio, and let's introduce today's panel. So welcome to the Law Party Podcast. I'm your host, Rio. Today on episode 63, they shooting of the Law Party Podcast, the congressional baseball shooting and the gun conversation in America. But before we uh, get into important things, let's get into the important things. And first, what are we drinking? Uh, ben, our uh, bartender extraordinaire, couldn't stay. But before he did, he did give me the recipe of what we're drinking today. And today, we are drinking a Rose on the Boulevard. That is one ounce Regal whiskey, one ounce uh, uh, Carpano uh, Vermouth, uh, one ounce Campari, uh, one drop of rose water, uh, chilled and served with an orange peel. So that is what we're drinking today. And, of course, the next question is, well, what are we smoking? And what we're smoking today is the La Fleur Dominicana Reserva Especial. So, podcast land, this is Connecticut with character. Uh, La Fleur Dominicana brought back the blend of El Jaco, uh, the cigar that made them famous uh, probably two decades ago. Um, That blend hasn't changed. It's an Ecuadorian Connecticut wrapper. Uh, surrounding the fillers and binders from La Fleur Dominicana's farm in the Dominican Republic. Um, This is by no means your typical Connecticut. Uh, The abundance of flavor and power are noticeable right from the beginning. And podcast land, it is good. So, today's RIP. Um... We didn't have a lot of RIPs to report, but um, we did notice that uh, actor Stephen First uh, passed away at age 63. Um, Some of you will know him as Dr. Elliot Axelrod on St. Elsewhere, but he was probably best known as Flounder from the movie (laughs) Animal House. Um, uh, Does does anybody have any... uh, Animal House memories. I got a ton of Animal House memories. I mean, yeah. geez, I'm, Flounder was the guy with the beanie, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had to think about it for a minute. And he was just kind of a chubby kid, and everybody kind of made fun of him, but he definitely ended up fitting in in the end and learned how to become a good old rotten fat boy, frat boy, so he fit in with the rest of the crew. And But uh, I was just... Every time you think about Animal House, you can't help but laugh. Yeah, I just remember the toga, toga. (laughs) I was like, Animal (laughs) House just sounded so. So, first of all, 
um, being a uh, you know being a, being a young black guy from uh, from the hood, as it were, uh, Animal House seemed like such a foreign land to me. <laughs> I was like, what in the hell is these dudes doing? This is, I was just thinking. Uh, none of this behavior <laughs> would have ever flown <laughs> in the neighborhood that I was from. Yeah, I but it got funnier and funnier the, as the years went on, and I would, you know, subsequently see it again and again. All right, so I say I'll never forget the Germans bombing Pearl Harbor, which was a very sad day. Uh-huh. Which is one of the greatest lines in that movie of all time. <laughs> I love that when he's giving the inspirational speech and John Belushi's trying to get him right, right out of That was one of the best. The other one that I think I think deserves being noted under IP only because the news came out today and it's very sad. Mm. And I hated hearing that they actually found cocaine in Carrie Fisher's body. And it was a drug-related... Death because that makes it even more sad because you like to think that she had overcome these demons and was having this great career and doing all these awesome things now again. And uh, so I I felt bad for her and her family and everybody else who's related to it that day. Yeah. So that's sad. Yeah. I I hadn't even heard that song. Yeah, they said yesterday that the autopsy had come back, the result, or Tuck. Toxicology had come back. Oh, okay. And she had had cocaine in the last mm-hmm. 72 hours and stopped her heart. Which makes you just, there's yeah. always a finite yeah. path that you go down when you start doing that. It's yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. So that's a bummer. Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah, so um, with that, uh, we're going to uh, take a break um, and, uh, and let you uh, pay your respects. Uh, out there in podcast land as we pay our respects here at podcast, in the podcast studios. So, we'll be right back. Hey, you can search for the Loft Party Podcast on iTunes Podcasts, Google Play Podcasts, and on our Good Times with Good People YouTube channel. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook, tweet us on Twitter, and if you like the content we provide, donate to us on Patreon www.patreon.com forward slash loft party podcast you can find all of our links below and now back to our regularly scheduled program okay so we're back and before we get too deep let's play a quick party game so today's party game question is uh, name a movie that everybody seems to like but you don't hmm and I have to first, I have to say, I have to thank the anonymous female for finding this question because it was really funny to me. And uh, oddly enough, was having a really hard time uh, thinking of a movie that. that I know you. Yeah. <laughs> I think the anonymous female should tell us first what the, her movie is this time. Oh, so mine she's always putting us on the spot. Mine is uh, Reservoir. Well, yeah, probably. Uh, uh, Equally, Reservoir Dogs and Platoon are probably my... I, I hate those movies. Wow. And a lot of people <laughs> I know like them. Wow. Yeah. And, and yes, I have seen both of them multiple times, and I still don't like them. Okay. Yeah. 
I'm, I'm definitely going last because I still am having a hard time. I think <laughs> coming up with something that I really don't like, but it seems like everybody else seems to like it a lot. Well, I, no, I you know what? Actually, I, actually, I do have one, and I think people are gonna be like, "What?" When I when I do say it, but I am still going to laugh. So, okay. I, I, I at first my movie would have been Deer Hunter, mm. but I've watched Deer Hunter again and several times recently, and I have a deeper appreciation for it now. Mm. But I'd have to say Taxi Driver. Mm, I did not, know, I I did not really that old, yeah. enjoy Taxi Driver. Another old movie that that a lot of people liked, I really didn't get was uh, Midnight Cowboy. Uh, mm-hmm. Robert, uh, the, no, that was with the John Boyd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I just, I don't know, neither one of those movies jived for me. They were both New York movies, and they just didn't jive for me for some reason. Mm. I don't know why. Uh, I don't know how popular or popular this is universally. Yeah. Clearly the franchise has done well, but I have just never been able to get any, anything remotely related to Star Trek ever. Like I can handle a lot of superhero stuff. I can even put up with the crappy Star Wars movies that came out recently. Any, any of those, but yeah. uh, it's anything related to Star Trek is an instant turn off to me. Even, <laughs> even, the new, even the new movies? You know, I know J.J. Abrams is great, but it's still based on the same stupid characters that I didn't like in the first place. <laughs> so, um, like, they're just, I find their characters it is. annoying. Yeah, it yeah. is, but it, I think they're, they're having seen them, all of them, I mean, that was just a thing that my parents loved when I was growing up. We went to every Star Wars and Star Trek movie that came out. So, the, so it, I think in like in when I was growing up, it was you like Star Wars or you like Star Trek. Yeah, and see, and I'm I'm an kind of battle between yeah, the two. and and I didn't have that because my parents liked them both equally. <laughs> so it was you know, I mean, they watched yeah. the TV show of Star Trek. They, um, you know, liked the movies. Now, when you go back and see the old ones, you're like, oh my god. I don't even know what I was thinking. And, and well, like to a certain extent, you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like the, the <laughs> you know, after, I, I think any, there's very few exceptions, but any franchise, once you get past a certain number of movies, you need to stop. I mean, it just, it gets really stupid at that point, and you're just trying to come up with content. What about Avengers? They seem to be doing but, well. But that's different because it's not always the same character. I mean, it is. But it's not... They all have their own storylines. You're not watching the exact same... Individually, but then the Avengers movies themselves... So they've only had two Avengers movies, and each one of them was... And they have two more coming that are supposed to be tied all together. But they're both... Both of the Avenger movies were completely different content. They were battling different things. That's right. With Star Trek... It was the same concept yeah, yeah. over and over and over again, and it was just like, okay, at some point you just have to yeah. stop. Did you have a Did you have a lightsaber of this female? Um, you know, I think my brother and I did actually. Uh, it was just a flashlight with a plastic tube and colored gels. Yeah, it was. Yeah. So we, I think I, I don't remember. I, I mean, I think the ones we had when I was growing up, they didn't collapse like they do now. Yeah. Didn't, yeah. Yeah, they just like, like, yeah. like yeah. D battery. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I even in my neighborhood and in 
my um, just in my family, it was always me and maybe one other female. So it was always, you know, doing playing games that my male cousins liked, or the you know right, all, right. all of the kids in the neighborhood would. You know, it was very rare that we ever did like what you would consider girly things. So. I, I, I listened to a couple of really older movies, and since some of our podcast people are probably a little younger, I will say I, I'm going to go back to a more modern movie, Hunger Games. I can understand. I, I can see Hunger why Games. Hunger, Games like was, Hunger Games. Did not like Hunger Games. Well, it's a dystopian society. Yeah. 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 yeah I can. I can probably see why you wouldn't like yeah. Hunger Games. I can too. Yeah. My personality, you know, I am. Yeah. I'm not going to go for that. Well, I mean, it. It's not necessarily a generational thing, but I mean, you know, my my nephew is 13 and he didn't like him. No, I didn't so, get. It. I didn't you know, get it fully either. I mean, there's yeah. just some things about it I just didn't like. It's a negative humanity film too. I do have some problems sometimes. I'm kind of a positive energy person, and yeah, I yeah, I have a little trouble with that. Yeah, I know. I, uh, so what's yours? Well, you know, the funny thing is, a couple of them I thought you would have said. Well, one was uh, Clockwork Orange. Oh, well, I I'm just going to go on record for saying <laughs> I I can't think of a single... Cooper uh, movie. Yeah, that, I mean, the one that I could probably tolerate is um, Eyes Wide Shut. Pretty much everything else is like, I don't even want to ever <laughs> see it again. I don't, as soon as... The freaking guy's eye. I'm like, no, get it away from me. I, I don't want to see it. Yeah. It's, it's. And the and the other, I thought you would have said, was Friday. You know, Friday. I don't really necessarily care for the content of it, but I I can. I mean, it's funny. Yeah. You know, I. Well, you know why I feel that way. So. Yeah, it's uh, and for me. Um, no, no, which is actually pretty funny because um, I know I know all the songs. I know this movie backwards and forwards. I've seen it a hundred times. I know the movie backwards and forwards. I can probably quote it from start to finish. I've never liked it, and that movie is Grease. Oh, that's perfectly fair. <laughs> 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 I, 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 I'm amazed you said that. I would have never thought you would even bring Grease up. I've never liked Grease. We we, it was on TV one time, and, and I as well could probably quote it, not only from having watched it a million times, but my daughter loves it. Yeah. Um, Thank God I didn't have children. And... and it's, it's you know, it's kind of funny. My um, like of movies is very much along the lines of, of my love of music. Mm -hmm. You know, it's so, I mean, I run the gamut of things that I like. And there's a lot of movies that I even introduced Mario to that he never in a million years believed that I would have even seen those movies. Very so true. it's, you know, it, it, it takes a lot for me not to yeah. tolerate a movie. And it's yeah. generally yeah, like I can tolerate specific it. content it's about. That I can I tolerate I it, but I've never liked it. Nah. But I'll never forget when we were it was on, and you were like, "There's not even a single. It's all white people." And I'm like, "No, no, no! I see a couple of non-white people right there." And I'm like, "I'm like <laughs> where? 
There were no black people at Rydell High. I don't care. I didn't say, no. One of the main characters is like Hispanic or something. Or... I said there were no black people at Rydell High. No, you said it was all white people. Uh, because I was looking for black people and I didn't see it. There was a brown person or two. That's starting to change that a little bit. You also have to remember when Grease came out. No, absolutely. Look, at the at the end of the day, that's why I say I can quote that movie, I can sing all the songs, all of that. Uh, but I never really did like Grease. Um I guess for the you know I will say I did like the last three minutes of the movie. That made it more tolerable to watch. Yeah, you got the details, and all of a sudden you're walking around the leather. Okay. Yeah, made it more tolerable to watch. Oh, I forgot what I, I remember what I forgot to do out there in podcast land. I forgot to tell you who's on the panel this week. So, we have got our uh, returning champion, Chris O'Connor, co owner of. Uh, of Liquid Nine Entertainment, uh, and he's got several adventures. I won't go into all of the adventures that he has, but uh, he's got adventures. Just know that. Don't tell him about strip bar. Right? <laughs> no, no, oh. shh, we won't talk what about that. <laughs> uh, we've got Big Dave Elliott. He's the owner of CFP Construction, and of course, the anonymous female because she doesn't want you to know her name. And uh, with that, we are going to take a break before we get. Into, into uh, party politics. We'll be right back. Hey out there in podcast land. We would not be doing our duty if we didn't acknowledge the sponsors of the Law Party Podcast. The Majestic Restaurant and Jazz Club and the Majestic's Pendergast Club. The Majestic carries on Kansas City's tradition of great food and jazz. Let them show you why they are the classic Kansas City Steakhouse experience. 931 Broadway, just three blocks from the Kansas City Convention Center. Jay Rieger and Company, a Kansas City distillery. Whether whiskey, gin, or vodka, neat or on the rocks, Jay Rieger, Kansas City, sipping good since 1887. CP Construction, Kansas City's premier wood framers. 50 years of quality framing and craftsmanship. Just email david.cnpservice at gmail.com and start building something new today. And our friend and frequent guest, Lane Boland. Thank you all for all that you do. Time to rejoin the conversation. All right, so we're back, and we're going to go right in with party politics. Um, And what we're talking about today is the uh, congressional baseball practice shooting. Um, And in a larger conversation kind of the impact that it has had on the country this week uh, on the conversation of gun control from the culture side and from the White House side um, and uh, and a couple other points that we are going to try to touch on on that. <clears throat> so um, does everybody kind of remember what they were doing when you first heard that that shooting happened. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there are just so many shootings. I was, are you talking about the yeah, uh, baseball shooting? Yeah. We were getting ready for work. Yeah, yeah. and, I, and I, was, I was getting ready for work. It was um, breaking news at 7 o'clock in the morning. 
I was in the truck driving to the office. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we were getting ready, getting ready for work, and and uh, it came on. Uh, I don't, I can't remember if it was local news or Good Morning America, but either way, well, I think it was Good Morning America, and I was just like, wait a minute, wait, what just happened? And and uh, you know the you know it's it's funny during the Obama administration, he definitely. Be, because, you know, there were so many shootings, um, you know, the gun control conversation was kind of omnipresent for, for some time. And then uh, with, with this new administration, you know, you know, President Trump, you know, kind of immediately said, you know, he was done with that conversation. And, um, you know, we won't be... You know, we, we won't be coming after your guns, you know, quote, unquote. And, um, but this kind of, you know, I, I definitely saw this as a tragedy, obviously, and, and definitely something that could have been way worse um, had there not been security for at least one of the congressmen on site. But, uh, you know, I also... I'm also hoping that it's a blessing in disguise so that uh, from both sides of the aisle we can start to have a, re a, a real <coughs> conversation, not a contentious partisan conversation about, you know, about guns in this country, you know. And, um, well, it, go ahead. It, even, it goes even further than that, though, and it was what we were talking about last week that the, the uh, division in Congress and the country. I mean, it's gotten to the point where people think it's okay to just go pick up a gun and sh or whatever. It doesn't have to be a gun. I mean, in London, it was a knife. Stabbings and driving. I mean, yeah, people yeah. have gotten to the point where they think it's okay when their life is not what they want it to be to take it out on other people in whatever form that violence is, whether it's, you know, Beatings or yes, guns, knives, whatever yeah. you know, and and I don't know what happened to people being able to have dialogue, you know, like truly nobody talks anymore. Yeah, I remember when uh, when I was growing up, and it seemed like you know, like well, from what was reported anyway. Um, it seemed like a lot of the shootings were you know always kind of inner city neighborhoods and. You know, we always used to say, you know, people are just afraid to take an ass whooping anymore, you know, and... Um, no fist. Yeah, yeah. Like, we used to fight. Yeah, we used to fight. Yeah, like, you, you didn't like somebody... Well, you... It, it's, somebody, yeah, you didn't like somebody, you know, they saw you in the street, and was like, hey, I don't like you, and you guys would have a fight. And possibly, by the end of the fight... Um, which actually, hilariously, we just saw in uh, in one of Jackie's favorite movies, Quiet Man. Uh, you know, <laughs> at the end of the fight, <laughs> they were drunk and best friends. You know, which often happens when two men test their metal against each other. You, you actually gain a level of respect, but like nobody wants 
to catch that ass whooping anymore. It's not just men, though. It's well, I'm just, you know. Society in general, like, we've gotten to the point where, and I know I'm going to sound like I'm talking like a rehearsed media clip, but it, for lack of a better way to put it, there's, you know, we've become too polite where you don't want to offend people. And I'm talking about just letting somebody know I don't like what you just said. To Stepping me. over the line. You know? Yeah. yeah. It, it's not, oh, I'm so offended by the word you used. I'm talking about just, you know, common manners. Yeah. And not, and people just not being willing to say anything. Right. So you have yeah, all this you're not willing, annoyance yeah. Yeah, and you're really not willing to say passive aggressive and then you you know and, and granted I'm sure some of this is just people that aren't quite right mentally there, yeah. balanced anyway, but that's not always the case. I mean you you find somebody, they go from zero to a hundred and you're like, Where the hell did that come from? And all this they just vomit everything all over you, and it's like years of pent-up frustration, you know? And I, I just, I, I don't, back to, I don't understand why people can't have dialogue. Well, that's a little bit of this PC stuff that's come out from, you know, from a lot, quite frankly, a lot of our education institutions where, you know, you're, you're supposed to be exactly as we tell you to be, and you can't say this word, and you can't be this way, and... If you offend me, I'm going to have a protest, and you know there, there's there's a lot of that anymore, and yeah. it just it's well, kind of like it's 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 not yes. it's not a good discourse to it's sometimes not, have to listen to somebody else's opinion, even though you don't agree with it. Well, but I think what you're not they you have you, you can disagree politely. You Correct. don't have to, but I, I mean it's even deeper than than that. I think about when I was in school, when I was in grade school, we had, you know, the end of the school year, we had our track and field days. Always. People actually got first, second, third place for those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't do that now. Everybody gets a participation ribbon. Boy, you're or, talking to me you right know, there, when my friend. daughter was in <laughs> soccer. There's winners and losers. We don't keep score. Well, why the hell not? There's nothing wrong with healthy, healthy competition. That's competition which you, you need to learn in you, life. But you have to teach it correctly, and they don't even do that anymore. No. Like, there is a, you know, there is such a thing as a sore loser and a sore winner. Mm -hmm. You know, it just... Yes. And, but and, there are winners and losers, yeah. and that is life. But I think that, you know, that's actually a good point, the sore losers and sore winners, because um, you learn early that you might win and you might lose. And you learn early who the sore winners are and the sore losers are. And you got shit for that. Because people weren't just going to let you just be a jerk because you won. They were going to give you crap for it. Or they weren't going to let you just be a jerk because you lost. But you learned you might win and you might lose. This is how the world so, works. So the more PC you get, the less um, tolerant you actually well, become. You 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 don't. They don't teach how to lose and win gracefully, and you know those simple, just manners. And, and how we have, my thing I always learned as a young man 
was that you're going to fall down. Yeah. And when you fall down, that you have to get back up, learn from why you fell down, and go forward and get better. Well, and, and if you and, 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 and always strive to go forward, even and if knowing you you're going to get to beat up that. every once in a while and knocked down. Mm -hmm. And that's just part of life. And the sooner you learn, that's a very valuable life lesson. So what are you thinking, Chris? I'm thinking this fits exactly the misconception that Americans have and have had for a long time. Uh, and if you actually want to go by the numbers, uh, and this is a pretty staggering statistic, I, I think, uh, according to the most recent FBI data available, an estimated about 16,000 people, 15.6 murders per 100,000 people occurred in 2015. Mm -hmm. While this was the highest murder rate in six years, which is not good, uh, it is less than half the historical high of 10.2 in 1980. So, to, 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 to say that all of a sudden this is becoming some crime culture and wow, look at modern society. Wait, hear me out. I am. Before, before we say anything, it is stunning the amount of progress that we've made in uh, lowering the murder rate in this country across the board. And a lot of that can be due to any number of things better policing techniques, better. Uh, you know, technological advancements. Mm -hmm. um, also, I think, you know, if you look at New York police in the early 90s, they would argue that they were locking up people faster for smaller crimes before they advanced to, you know, larger crimes. So mm -hmm. there was some of that. And I also think that there's some truth to the validity that the book Freakonomics, that when it came out, um, just by Stephen Levitt and who was a Chicago economist and who looked at the numbers and said, if you really want to understand why the crime rate is so much lower right now, look at legalized abortion. You have so many far fewer people being born into poverty who would have been more likely to be the individuals committing these types of crimes mm -hmm. just because they just aren't around. They weren't born. You know, and yeah. he was statistically able to prove that the murder rate uh, in part due to the other three things, and that's nice, but they accounted for a small statistical percentage of why the murder rate and the crime rate actually truly fell. And it is less than half of where we were 25 years ago, and I think if you want to go even further back, it's less than that. You know, so it, it gets a lot more attention now because we have immediate news, and so you hear of a shooting immediately I'm and not these kinds of things. I'm just arguing if you just want to look at sheer numbers. Yeah, and but you're talking about murder specifically. I'm, I, I'm talking well, about is, uh, just people you're talking thinking about it's okay. Conversation. You're talking about yeah, discourse. I'm, these I'm are talking, different conversations. We're, we're talking about a violent crime of a, in this case, a rare leftist, a Bernie Sanders yeah, yeah, fan, yeah, voter with left-wing stuff all over his apartment and who subscribed to all these leftist blogs, which is very rare, because you would think he would be in favor of gun control and not own a gun, mm -hmm. but going out there and shooting up people. And that, that's a pretty rare thing, which makes it an interesting story. But really the numbers bear out the violent crime has dropped significantly in this country and it's hard to it's hard to remember the good things when something bad happens like this uh, I, I don't I mean I disagree with that but I I mean 
I think both points are true. Yeah. They're just different points. You know, can, I, can, can, I, can I take this into as, as we're, we're talking about impact on gun conversation and the culture? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I'm a member of the gun club. Yeah. I'm a member of the NRA. If you look. Really? Do you remember the NRA? Really? I, I wouldn't believe that, Dave. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Hunter, that you are. But if you look at the, the gun laws that have been made, there the gun laws are in place. And the NRA been, has not been against a lot of these gun laws. They just want to see them enforced. If you, there was an article that was in the NRA that I read that showed all the different statutes and the gun laws. And that if these certain dudes, they, they use the examples, had done this, this, and this, and this, how long they should be in jail. Mm. But they didn't enforce the laws. Because a politician wants to go out every time there's a tragedy, and then we say, oh, I passed another gun law. But you're not enforcing the existing gun laws. So I, I would agree and disagree. You know, that's time. what's lowered some of the crime rate, is that you get, if you're a felon caught with a weapon, you're going back to jail for five years. I think that's partially true, but statistically that doesn't account for the vast majority of it. What I would agree with you is that uh, passing another gun law does almost nothing. The person who shot James Brady in the 80s violated something like 37 existing gun laws already. Yeah. You know, but I do think that there is a um, an activist side. This, this is no different than the abortion argument or anything else. It's, it, it's you cannot afford whichever side you're on to give even an inch of ground to the other side to come to the common sense conclusion that, hey, maybe we should let responsible people kick guns. But this well, is you know what, actually, that's where it's gone. Now, that ties into what you two were originally talking about, which is, right. you know, nobody wants to give an inch mm-hmm. uh, on, uh, on either side. So but they're afraid if they do, they want to turn around and take the mile. Well, you know, so we were looking at um, we're looking at looking at this thing on TV, and they were talking about um, how uh, gun sales were at like an all time high during the uh, Obama administration because the talk was more gun control. So people were like, "Well, shit!" Before uh, anything gets banned or any kind of controls. I want I want to buy this gun up, you know, and so the gun sales they thought was going to be banned. Yeah, so guns, so the Art. gun sales were just spiking ridiculously during the Obama administration, and they've slumped off. No, actually, they had well, a good, the, well, they had a very to, high high month uh, in March. They well, did, what they've done according is according to the comparing the time that you know the high it has slumped from that. But, but gun sales have, but I tell you, yeah, gun sales. It's, it's during actually Obama's presidency when people were getting freaked out on buying guns that like you started to see another increase mm-hmm. in violent crime. And what I would say is slightly alarming is that you have states like Missouri and Kansas that don't even require you to have a concealed carry license at all anymore. You can just go buy a gun anytime you want, carry it around anywhere you want. And the checks on it are minimal at this point. If so we just heard on the news this morning, I know we have to move on, um, a father of nine that was killed. He was at a birthday party for... Oh, uh, actually, it was his birthday party. Yeah. And, uh, and 
somebody got into a fight and he stepped in to try to stop it and got shot and killed. Sure. And, and, and this is, this is what my point was, well, you're at a birthday party. Why the hell do you think you need to bring a gun to a flipping birthday party? Like, there's common sense that people just don't, like, what, it, what was even, why was that even necessary? The common sense was less historically for most of the decades up until now. And there's been a precipitous drop in violent crime. And my problem with, with making laws is when people start to use individual cases to pass laws. Instead of looking at the data and saying, actually, we're doing reasonably well, we've had a massive drop in violent crime. Um, and yes, it's ticked up over the over last... Over the weekend, oh, there were four stories on the news about somebody getting shot in this general area. What, four! What I'm saying is, again... If you compare that to the historical average of murders in this country, you know we have come a very long way. Does okay. that mean? Does that, that necessarily mean, make it better? Mean, but does that mean we've solved the problem? No, I feel horrendous for the people that were the victims of that. But yeah. what I would say is, don't forget all the things that we've done that have been exceptional. Probably I, we I'm not half, forgetting that. We're at half the rate of, of 25 years ago, yeah. and and the laws have actually been relaxed. Fairly substantially during that time, and that's not that's not a horrible Here's thing. an interesting statistic: concealed carry people actually have a lower gun crime rate or any crime rate of police officers. I can believe that. They're responsible that. citizens. I'm a concealed carry guy. I can believe that. I can also you know, see we, too. We uh, tend to be, and remember, there was a concealed carry guy that it did take a shot at the at the shooter, backed him off. Before before the uh, I think it's Capitol Police to rock it. I think it's the same with everything, though. You have good cops, bad cops. You know, um, hard to bang on the concealed carry. They're like responsible gun owners. Zero point zero two percent. Don't don't forget that the vast majority of crimes are committed with illegal guns. You know, there yeah. there are people who aren't buying them from the store and going through These the are illegal guns. Yeah, I will. I will. I will say that. I, I will say that. I do think that. Um, I don't even think the question is uh, like legal. I don't think it's even a gun control. Like we need more laws, or and I'm definitely not disputing the statistics because you know, I, I, I was younger in the '80s, but I remember the '80s was almost like the Wild Wild West. Mm -hmm. people, people were getting shot all the goddamn time, and uh, so I know that it's gotten better. I think the problem is. I think the problem's closer to what we were originally saying, is that the uh, people don't know how to discourse anymore. You know, it's, you know, I think everybody's in their silo. When did they know? Well, I don't, well, I, 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 that's actually, I that's actually a good question. I don't you know, know this is a revisionist historian, but I don't know a time when they did know how to discourse fair. We had the vice president of the United States kill Alexander Hamilton in the eighteen in the very Correct. Late 1800s. Correct. They didn't know how to discourse. My wife and I were talking about that the other night. They knew. They yeah. just didn't care. They, they, it, it goes back to I want my way, and but this is some what people I, will take will go further is, than others. This to, isn't a new philosophy. It. This isn't something new and modern and crazy. And yada yada. I'm just saying that 
this has been something that America's always dealt with and struggled with and had to put up with. And in fact, we've made a significant amount of progress in decreasing crime. Now, let me let me pose this because this may be um, maybe another way of looking at it or framing it. Maybe we maybe we feel the tragedy in these things more because well one you know yes I do think you know that you know at this point every every citizen is a reporter because everybody has a camera it's ratings but I will say this maybe it's not even media though I mean you know, media in the sense you're talking about, you see all kinds of stuff on social media. Yeah, so I'm thinking it's, yeah. it's not the same as turning on the TV. I mean, no, it is it, how many yeah. stories are picked up right. by Twitter or Facebook and then they become and then they become they become news. Yeah, so but I guess what, what I'm saying is maybe because in other countries, like you know, they have you know more like terrorist activity and stuff like that. Like it happens more often in their daily lives than it does here in America that that we we feel the tragedy in it more you know whereas you know like uh, like this morning they were talking about another uh, another uh, thing yeah thing happened in London and uh, and so yeah. But in London, guns are being completely. Well, yeah, it wasn't so, a gun. It was a. Yeah, they. Well, I think it was a car. Was yeah. It? Yeah. So yeah, I'm like yeah. So that yeah. so which gets back to the original point you were making. Like people will find any weapon. You know, if they if 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 they're they're disgruntled with and their life true. enough to take it out on a populace mm-hmm. that. Uh, I would agree, but I, and I know we're out of time. But what I would say is that. There is a difference to me between, I do think they should limit assault rifles, you know, massive weapons that can kill a lot of people in a very short period of time. Those have no place in society. Yeah, now, now, which which actually leads me to um, kind of the last question in this particular uh, topic, which is, um, what is the conversation we should be having? And I think that's one of the things that we should be talking about. Well, I'm not. I don't think that we should be banning, uh, banning all guns, or you know, or that it hasn't gotten better statistically over time. But um, I don't know why you need. A, yeah, I don't know why you need an AR-15 or, or an AK-47. Or a, what do they call the extended clips? Or yeah, yeah. I don't know 30, why. Thirty round clips. Yeah, I don't know why you need it's, those. It's uh, in, you know, just any general. That's the right to bear arms. The right to bear arms doesn't mean that you get any gun you want, regardless of the power. Exactly. And, Okay. Uh, efficacy of it. Like, like I don't know why a citizen needs a fifty cal. It's not that different than prohibition when all of a sudden you had the end of World War One, mm-hmm. and so all of a sudden there were all these machine guns that were on the streets that it was literally just gangsters and criminals buying up. Yeah, which is why they and those were fully the, automatic weapons, not semi-automatic. I, I, and I'm everything is semi-automatic now. They had a massive advantage over the police because they could blow the living crap out of them because most cops back then had to buy their own gun. Yeah. And there's a lot of police departments that you still have to buy your service weapon. Well, they're into it and they pay for it. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's there's two reasons with most of the people that I know that own guns. 
most of them have an AR-15 because we can go out to the range and you can shoot them fairly quickly. And they do have a, you know, a fairly large clip that you can shoot into a target. And, they, and I've, shot, I've shot a 50 caliber. You shoot a 50 caliber, I mean, that's concussion. Oh yeah, you not, can't imagine what that's like. Not, you, know, your <laughs> you, shoot, you shoot that off off, off sticks. You know, you're yeah. sitting with a tripod, right. and you're prone. You're laying down on the ground. You do not shoot a 50 caliber standing Stand up. Stand up, right? Do not sure. do that. And it's it lets off a concussion that you would not believe. Uh, it literally the dust will rise around you. Mm. So it's you know it's an incredible weapon to shoot. For a gun enthusiast, you know that's it, it's an experience. It it. Uh, it really, you know, that's well, there that's something. And there then, are so many things that would be an experience for me that I would love to do that are restricted by yeah, law the, or reason. So, you know, so that that, that, that's, purely, that's purely what a gun enthusiast is out there shooting well, just I, for the experience of shooting a gun. Well, I guess, like, to me, personally, uh, before, before, we, before we move on, because we, we do need to move on, but to me, personally, that's one of those things that you go... To the range in a controlled yeah environment. in a controlled environment you, absolutely and you you shoot the gun there uh, but you don't you have to have that you don't have to own that gun right I was and, and, it's and not the NRA promotes that I mean that's exactly what they're promoting we want well so you're, but but you're talking guns. about like renting it yeah, yeah renting it rent, the, rent so the you day. don't take it you don't bring it home with you yeah 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 you you know, know, there are people that own it that you yeah. have an opportunity to shoot yeah exactly. I don't need to own a 50 caliber. It has no use to me. But so there are people that when all this, when all the, ooh, more gun control, they went out and bought 50 cal. And 50 cal is an AR-15. They bought 50 cal as much as they bought an AR-15 or a mini Uzi or something like uh, that. The fact that you can buy those at all alarms the living hell out of me. Uh-huh. I completely understand. And I own a gun, and you know that. So, and I got it because I traveled so much and I want my wife to be safe and we went through lessons and she knows how to shoot. And I think that that is a valuable thing. Yeah. yeah. There's never going to be a moment where she's going to, well, she would have uh, in the past, <laughs> but turned offensive and said, okay, I'm going to go out because somebody pissed me off and I go shoot him. That's very different than saying, okay, <coughs> I'm going to protect my house and my homestead and my livelihood in case... Right. Somebody comes in because I don't think getting rid of guns means you get rid of crime. It just means no. all that. It's what, what, I'm, what I would argue is no. that you just now are letting criminals have the upper hand on you and a fair defense of your home mm-hmm. and life. It just seems reasonable to me. Real quick, I'm going to give one quick statistic. You realize if you look up the statistics of how many of these shooting crimes are committed with an AK 47, it's indifferent. I mean, it's very small. Very small. No, I think That's I not what most of the crimes are committed with. They're committed with handguns. I don't like personal examples, and you know that, but I would tell that's, you that that's the a guy fact. in Colorado who walked into the movie theater who shot all those people, yeah, yeah. That is, that's when you absolutely do not need that weapon being uh, personally owned by anybody. Like, I'm completely okay with you going to a gun range, reading it for a day, having target practice, do whatever you want, get your thrills doing that. But you don't get to take it home with you in case you're just a freaking nut job, you know. And yeah. that's that's what yeah. I'm because about. you could be a nut job that has had no criminal history, and and now you're a nut job. And you're on snaps. <laughs> you, you, you can still carry an AR-15. Yeah. But what about <laughs> the Jewish center here in Kansas City? Yeah, that guy got off a hell of a lot of rounds. He got he had a shotgun. Yeah. No, he had other weapons. Yeah, he had a pistol too, but he shot everybody with shotguns. 
Because I was there that day, remember. Fair enough. I, I still think, you know, there, there should be a... It, it's a powerful weapon that when emotions come into play... The shotgun is an even more powerful weapon. You want to fear somebody, wrap to that gun in your house, and they're going to leave. But, but, the amount, but the amount of ammunition that you can spit off... Is you know is one two shells that's, that's versus the issue. well you can get versus, five you can get five in a shotgun but, without the club in. but okay you know. but how many can can you get a in thirty a, round clip exactly 30, yeah. Yeah. five five to to thirty mm-hmm. yeah I even you know so but so most of them are seven to eight yeah. on a handgun can't think the, so yeah, the I la- think the last thing I'm gonna I'm gonna say about it before we move on is I was watching I was watching something and it was a young man and. Uh, and he was saying, and it was actually during the same thing where you're talking about uh, all the gun sales that went up. And he was saying that, you know, he's got you know, all these different guns, including some AR-15s and all the stuff in, in his closet. And, uh, and he said, and I have a thousand rounds uh, in the closet. Uh, and, and, and what struck me wasn't that he had a thousand rounds, which I thought was excessive. But, what he, but, but what he said was... I have a thousand lives in my closet. That's a disturbing yeah. person. Yeah. You know, I, I got over a thousand rounds in my house. Yeah. But, but, yeah, but, that, but, and that's what I'm saying. Like, it's, it's having a thousand rounds uh, versus the person who has a thousand rounds and thinks, I hold a thousand lives I'm in like, my hand. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's, that's, that's disturbed dude. Yeah. I might go to the range and shoot 200 rounds. Yeah. With that, we'll be right back. Hey, you having a good time? Let me introduce you to a couple of my media brothers. First, www.americathemixtape.com. A cipher on American politics, society, and culture. And where'd I get that mixtape? Of course, www.cornerbodega.us. Purveyors of urban culture. Come on, let's get back to the party. And we're back. And before we get out of here, we're going to talk about today's sugar, honey, iced tea. And of course, those are things that I or a member of the panel have found that are really cool, aka this shit. And um, in, in uh, full disclosure, um, I was going to talk about the marketing campaign for uh, for Two Chains' new album, uh, Pretty Girls Like Trap Music, but I think that um, something else that I think is even more the shit that uh, we can talk about uh, just happened on yesterday, and that would be Father's Day. Um, We normally have uh, a talk about fathers or mothers around Father's Day or Mother's Day, but what I did want to... um, personally say about Father's Day is one, uh, I had a great Father's Day. Um, and I'm glad you had a good Father's Day. I did. I had a good Father's Day. Uh, but I will say that um, fathers, uh, you know, it's, it's funny, you know, there's a lot of, uh, every time I think about Father's Day, I always think of uh, this. Chris Rock routine where he, you know, where he talks about, uh, you know, everybody, you know, you know, everybody always, you know, thanks mama, you know, and all the, 
all the the songs are about mama. You know, you know, dear mama, I always love my mama. He said, and what's the daddy song? Papa was a Rolling Stone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of my, said, one of my favorite songs. He said, so, so I don't think uh, I don't think fathers get enough credit for the things that they do in our lives and the lessons um, that they teach us, uh, whether. Um, whether uh, it be a hard lesson or, Which or one not. of our best podcasts yeah, we yeah, ever had, yeah, about to say one, of, yeah, because because sometimes they're hard lessons, and uh, but I will say that um, that the fact that there is a day um, that and and to, and to tell you the truth, not not everybody really uh, fully embraces it, but. Um, the fact that there is a day to uh, honor those men who were either fathers or father figures to to us all out there, and um, and to celebrate them um, just just a bit, um, I think is the shit. You know, we uh, we tend to. You know, Father's Day is always funny to me because, you know, normally the gift is, uh, you know, a, a, a necktie that's probably ugly or, you know, uh, but, you know, it has definitely been, um, as of the past few years, I've noticed that, you know, when people talk about Father's Day and the things that they are they did for their fathers or are going to do for their fathers as I just kind of talk to the random people and, and gain their perspectives, you know, I find that um, people are definitely um, doing, doing more and um, appreciating more, you know, the, those, those men in their lives. And like I say, I personally think that's kind of the shit. I got, I, I got, I got a shit for you. Okay. You you had a stepfather mm-hmm. who passed a couple years ago, mm-hmm. and I know what you did for him at the end of his life. Oh, real that to shit. Well, thank you, sir. Very much so. And then I then I had a funny thought yesterday. I never had children, so I've never had a Father's Day. Mm. A little melancholy. Aww. I was a little melancholy yesterday over that. You know, just Michelle's never had a Mother's Day. I've never had a Father's Day. Mm. Now, we have great nep- nephews and nieces, and I've been very blessed that they are involved with their lives. My niece just sent me a text. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it's just, and then, of course, they are having children now, and my friend D.W. is having children. And so, you know, I've I got children in my life yeah. that are grand, kind of like grandkids to me. But, uh, you know, that's kind of a, it's a melancholy thing sometimes. Which, and, you know, I, I don't, I don't. I don't feel badly that you know, God didn't give me children, mm-hmm. and I, with 45 employees, I don't need any because <laughs> I get to deal with it. I get to deal with it every day. Maybe right, right, that right. way. Maybe that was the grand plan. Yeah, that was the grand plan. <laughs> and I don't argue with the fate and the grand yeah, plans yeah. and things. But you know, that's kind of an interesting thing to hitch is as I, as you get older. You know, as you get into your 60s and stuff like that, those are things that kind of come back and hit you a little bit. Yeah. Which is actually why I said not only fathers, but father figures. Because um, I know I know other guys that I know that don't have kids, 
but they've definitely been father figures to some young person. And I have been. Too. And, uh, and, and, and I'm enriched by the people that I have been father figure to. Exactly. Exactly my point. And that is the reason that uh, that is this week's the shit. But before we go, I can tell Chris has has a thought milling around in his head. No, I was just kind of thinking it was a it's been a weird couple of days. Yeah, so I had my first Father's Day ever, which was great. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. I got to spend the evening with my little four month old daughter, and it's the first Father's Day I ever had, and yeah. it was incredible and. Loved every minute of it, and it was very meaningful and important. It was cool. And then I also thought today I had to put my dog down. I want who's been with me for 14 years. Yeah. And you're, in a strange way, fathers to all kinds of different. Yeah. It's like oh, I yeah, raised yeah, that yeah. dog. Yeah. You know, Absolutely. Absolutely. And while it doesn't necessarily compare to my daughter, like, you just realize the impact of stewardship in somebody's life, exactly. whatever they are, exactly. and the importance of it. So, anyway. exactly. yeah, it's been a bittersweet weekend. Exactly. So I think with that, we have hit all the topics that we were going to hit this week on the Law Party Podcast. And with that, I'm going to end this podcast in the way I end our podcast. And that is with the toast that started it all for me. And that is to good times with good people.